I think um, let's go right to our scripture today. Um, it's in John chapter 8, um, verse 12. Um, uh, tremendous words of God. Um, G. Campbell Morgan said in a statement that I thought was very powerful. He said that when, when um, Jesus tells us a parable, when he tells us that um, um, something that's going on and he uses it, when he tells us a parable, he's talking about a miracle. A miracle. And then he said when he lives out that parable, it's a teaching. And I thought that was really good. Uh, that he teaches us to expect miracles in our lives all the time. And I think that's what this is. As we go into this series that I'm doing right now, starting today, this I Am series, this um, this same thing that God said to Moses I am who that I am in other words he said I am it you're looking for the answer to everything in your life I'm it I am and then in the New Testament um, uh, ego me Jesus uses the same Hebrew connotation that that uh, the Moses did in, uh, in the writing of um, the uh, Pentateuch. Jesus says, Ego eimi. He says, I am who I am. And, and he's saying, I am. And if you listen to him talking all the time, I am God. You want to see the Father? Look at me. I am him. I have all the answers that you need. I have everything that you desire. I have everything that you want. I am it. And today we're going to look at him when he says, I am the light. And it's in, I, I, it's focused in on, um, on um, uh, John chapter 8, verse, verse 12. And it goes something like this. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying these things. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world, he says. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Praise God, huh? My friends, this is the word of God for all of his people. Thanks be to God. Praise God. Um, John is concerned about us understanding the light. In his gospel alone, 24 times, he calls Jesus and remembers what Jesus says about him being the light. Ego eimi is a great thing. Now, um, this light that he's talking about is a, an all-consuming light. It's a light that touches our lives and heals our lives and causes us to be different people. I want to share something with you. I, I've been debating whether to do it or not, but this is what God has put on my heart. I have no factual truth to it. Um, I have no um, way of proving it, but I think this is what's going on. Especially when we think, I did a, a Greek study one time on the, on the word phos. Phos, and it's um, light. And, and did a real good uh, um, study on it. Matter of fact, I got a good grade on it too. And my professor loved it immensely. Um, but I, I have this sense in my heart that when you read, uh, when you read the, the Old Testament, especially when you read Genesis, you'll read Genesis and you'll see very early on that the, the world was void and without form and it was dark. And God said, that, oh, we need some light. So some light came in. And you know what that light was? Phos. Now that's important, okay, because we see phos in the Gospel of John, especially in the first chapter. 
Now, why is that important? Well, it's important because there was light. But the sun wasn't created yet. And the moon wasn't created yet. What was created on the fourth, fourth day? Fourth day, the sun and the moon. But there was light. Okay? And then we have to go to the gospel of John and Revelation. And we see there that there will be no sun and no moon. But there will be foes, all-consuming foes, light. And so I have determined in my own heart that there is light that's going to happen that happened long before creation started and that light was the light of Christ. And then when this light is all gone, the light will still be here. When the sun and the moon and the earth and all this craziness that we have, all the darkness we have is gone, there'll still be the light, the light that God has in Christ. When he says, I am the light, it's much more consuming than we think. Amen? Grab a hold of that thought as I try to explain to you. I think, I think um, if you want to mark this down or go to your Bibles and look at John chapter 9, um, verse 5, Jesus says there, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I think that's, I think that's a much more, I should have based this message to you on that scripture. But God laid the 8 to 12 on my heart and I stuck with it. But here in, in 9 chapter, uh, chapter 9 of, um, and verse 5, we see Jesus healing a blind man. And it makes sense to me that he would talk uh, after healing the blind... It would make sense to me that he is talking about being blinded or being in the light. And I don't think he was talking about physical blindness. I think he was talking about spiritual blindness because the Pharisees and everybody around him were mad at him that he made mud and put on that guy's eyes, you know. Not that it was a bad thing to do, but it was on the Sabbath of all things. Can you imagine? Didn't care about the guy being blinded. There's a big story there. I don't know who healed me. All I know is I can see. But back to the story of ours today. If you look at it in chapter um, uh, 8 of of John, you see that there's this woman that the Pharisees have brought to Jesus. And she's been found in sin. And he says the famous saying, whoever has no sin can throw the first stone. Amen. Amen. And they all walk her own way. And he says to her, where's everybody that's accusing you? And she says, I don't know. He says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Praise God. I don't understand why then right after that, he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness anymore. Because, simply because you will have the light of life. My goodness. My goodness. What, I don't I see how the two connect. But then in, in, in my feeble mind, I thought, oh, yeah, it does connect. It does connect because the Pharisees and the Sadducees that brought that, the keepers of the law that brought that woman to Jesus, didn't bring him, her there because of, um, of her sin. No, they brought her there because of their darkness. Their darkness, they wanted to trick Jesus into saying, into saying something that they could use against him. 
That'd be a sad commentary, wouldn't it? Going to trap somebody and they trap you. You have to walk away with your tail between your legs saying, Oh, Lord, I messed up again. Also, I think the reason he said this, if you look at the timeline, it was the first day of the week of uh, the Festival of Tabernacles. And I imagine when it says, uh, again, Jesus spoke to them, probably late that night, probably we can only assume, you know, probably late that night, he's in the court of women where everything starts at the Festival of Tabernacles. And he's there and sees what's going on. And if you can imagine this in your mind, in the court of this um, women in the tabernacle, which was huge, there was four great big menorahs. And so big that they had ladders that you had to go up and put the oil and the wick in. And the, and the youngest of the priests would, children, they would go and do that. And then all of a sudden that first night of the Feast of the Tabernacle, they would light those four menorahs. And the darkness would be no more. It would be bright lights all over the place. And that whole temple area would be lit up as they started the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. And, and Jesus is standing in the middle of that, I think. In the middle of all this light. And he says, you want real light? I am the light of the world. This light is going to go away all the time. Whatever light we have, it's going to go away. But he says, I am the light of the world. I can give you the life that you're looking for, the direction you want. Now, I thought that was pretty cool. I could see that happening and then see all the darkness around the light that was there. Because they weren't worshiping God, they were worshiping other things, you know. And um, the temple area, um, that's the reason I think it was destroyed some years later. Let me share with you just some thoughts this morning about light. Nothing, nothing earth-shattering. Just some things that I thought were important that we need to know when Jesus says, I am the light. And the biggest thing, I think, is that overshadows all of this is that light dispels the darkness, doesn't it? You know? Um, one of the defining characteristics of our Christianity is that we find revelation in God through Jesus Christ. It's through him that we understand who we are and what we can be. It's completely different than all the other major um, religions of the world. The Jews, for example, have the Torah. The Torah that talks all about Jesus Christ, but do not take it to that realm. Muslims have that revelation of Muhammad. Their book, the Quran. Buddhists, of course, have the teaching of Buddha. And then we Christians um, have Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he is that revelation of God's character and passion in our lives. Um, he is God with us as we celebrate every year at Christmas. He is the love of God made visible in our very midst. In the darkest time we can be, we have Jesus, the light of the world. He, he tells us in, in John, in our Kehalogos, He is the Word. He is the Word for us, the revelation of God in human form. He, my friends, is the light of the world. And that's what dispels the darkness. We can try everything else that we want. We can try everything else that we want, but it will never go away. 
Uh, if you want to read about this real closely, just read the first chapter of John. In chapter, four, uh, chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, he says, The world, the word, the word Jesus, I remember the first time, oh, i got to tell you a story real quick. This came to my mind. Uh, I remember the first time I was studying John, the first chapter, and um, I was in college, and uh, my professor had given me the, the task to, to um, translate 1 John 1 and 13. And I remember studying this, and, and I got really excited because I didn't know who the word was. I'd never heard it that way. And I, I yelled down to Phyllis Ann. She'd been working all day, and I yelled down to her. I said, get up here. I've got to tell you something. And she came up, and I said, do you know who, who John's talking about here in this first chapter? And she looked at me like, well, yeah, you idiot. <laughs> I know exactly who he's talking about. I said, well, he's talking about Jesus. And she said, I, I know. I said, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> it was exciting to me because I had never heard it before. Never seen it in that uh, short period of being a Christian. I thought, oh my, this is world, this is earth-shaking. Verses 4 and 5, the word gave life to everything. Jesus gave light, life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. His life brought light to everyone. And his life shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it my friends I want you to know that, <laughs> that God's light dispels the darkness all the time and not only that but this light of Christ is distinctive distinctive my friends Christ wants you and me uh, to understand that, that if we have had that Christ event in our life then we are nothing more than a Christ light. A reflection of his love. Let me explain this to you if I can. <clears throat> Especially um, in, um, in Okinawa where I was not a very nice guy. I was um, hooked up with the Japanese mafia. And um, people knew me. And they didn't have to guess who I was. They knew that I was a drug addict, and if you needed any drugs, they knew they could come to me. I didn't advertise that. That's the way I dressed. That's the way I walked. That's the way I talked. You know what I'm saying? You all know what I'm saying? Somebody say yes. Okay. <laughs> we know that today, don't we? We know who the town drunk is. We know who the town um, lady of the night is. We know all the stuff about people. I'll tell you, the difference of it is, is one day when I was at Timken, I was operating an overhead uh, crane, a 200-ton overhead crane. You had to walk about 45 feet up to get to my crane, to the box where my crane was at. And one day I saw my boss, <laughs> my supervisor, standing at the landing where you get on and off the crane. And I went over there and he jumped into the cab with me and said, keep on working. And he sheepishly came up there, walked those 45 steps up, uh, or 45 feet up to talk to me about something I thought was job related but shyly he looked at me shyly he looked at me and he said he said I have this feeling that you're a Christian that you believe in Jesus Christ and I said well Roger I do Udek was his name I said I do he said good <laughs> he said I need some prayers he said, I need some prayers, and um, my family's not doing well right now. So we sat there in that cab of that crane, prayed for his family. 
So we were talking a couple of days later, and I looked at him, and I said, you know, brother, I think there's more Christians here. We shouldn't be hiding this. Right? We shouldn't be hiding it. Amen? So I said, why don't you do what you did with me? Just go ask people, and I'll go ask people that I think are Christians too, and we'll get together. By the time it was over, by the time it was over, there were 17 of us that met for lunch. Every day that we were together, there was a meeting in, the, in his office, and we would sit in there and, uh, and have a Bible study. And ended up, we ended up going to a Pentecostal church every Sunday morning. When we got off work at 8 o'clock, we could get to the service before 9. And we would walk in grubby, you know, with steel dust all over you and smelling good and everything. And... and and Pastor Dave Lombardi would yell out, say, all the Timken boys are here, it's time to worship, you know? And uh, all because, all because people need to know that, that we are different and light does that. It's distinctive, people. They know who you are without you saying a word. It's um, um, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians um, 5.17. When we are in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. That's the distinctiveness. I also think that this light that Jesus talks about is not only distinctive, the people know who you are and should be saying, I want some of what you have. It also attracts people to do us, to, to help us do that with them. When we ask God to use us, that's all it is. is let the light be in our life so much that it attracts people. Now, now uh, I, I think of Peter and, and the other disciples that were fishermen, you know. They knew about this light that Jesus was talking about in a, in a material, worldly way. They understood completely what Jesus was, was saying. When he is the light, he is the light that attracts everything to him. They, they would be fishing at night in, in, the, in, their, in their area because in the daytime the fish sunk to the bottom so they couldn't net them. So at night they would catch them. And what they would do literally is put a light on the boat. Do we do that today? Nathan, do we, do we take lights out and catch fish at night? Okay, good. I don't want to go. But I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> I'll go with you, Nathan. Um, but they would hold a light out on, put a light out on the um, um, somewhere on the ship and the fish would come to it and they would net them. That was their plan anyways. Um, uh, our light should be that, that place between darkness and Christ. Amen? That it should be drawing people out of that, um, uh, that dark area and bringing them to the light. That's our whole goal in life. It not only attracts, but it also guides it's like uh, understanding, continuing this, ch this fishing thing. You know, these people would go out. There was no lighthouse. There was no lighthouse to get them back. Uh, being in the middle of the dark. Uh, uh, have you ever been in the dark like that out on a boat? Uh, I remember going to, to Cuba and, and Haiti. And um, when you went out into the back roads in the dark, the only lights out there was your headlights. And you hoped they didn't go out. And it was dark. And some places we went to in the middle of the day, it was dark. Because of all the evil there. Well, these fishermen had to have a way to get back. So you know what happened? Probably the youngest kid who didn't have anything else to do had to stay back on shore and keep a fire burning. 
keep a fire going to do nothing more than guide that boat back to shore to where they needed to be. I, and I thought about that and I thought, well, I wonder if there was ten boats out there and they had ten fires. I would get, I'd go to all nine of them before I got the right one. You know, <laughs> uh, That's our trouble, isn't it? And then I think if we really look at this, light is also something that needs to be passed on. The disciples passed that light on. We must, we must pass that light on. Our problem is, is we think that we don't have it every day. We just experience it at Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. You know, isn't that a great time when we get together Christmas Eve and we sing Silent Night and the church is almost all dark and then I come over and take a light from the Christ candle and light the first candle and light the first candle and then all around and then pretty soon the whole sanctuary is lit up and the faces of every one of them holding the candle is lit up as we sing Silent Night. We blow that candle out and walk away think we're not the light anymore. And I want you to know that the light is something that we pass on, that you and I have the responsibility to share with somebody else. And it only comes when we attract people and guide people and pass that on. You and I, you and I, as I think about this light that Christ has, we must understand just how important it is. And I remember that old statement, that old statement that goes something like this. Christ has no hands but our hands to do the work today. We're the only light that people might say. He has, he has no feet but our feet to lead men in his way. And as I think about those two things, as I was thinking about them, I was thinking about the bags that Sharon or, uh, um, Shannon and Vicki are doing. To me, those are nothing more than light. You know, the mats are nothing more than light. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we do these things. We, we are literally the only Bible that this careless world would ever see. We are, we are nothing more than the sinner's gospel. That there's another way. We, we are the reflection of God's light. If we've had that Christ event in our lives, then our light should shine and lead people guide people and help them help us to pass it on. Amen? Wow. Jesus says, I am the light. Ego a me. I am the light. He doesn't say, I am the light. He says, I am the light. If you're looking for it anyplace else, you missed it. I'm it. Grab me. That's the power behind Ego a me. Let's pray together. God, if we don't know that light today, help us to solve that problem. And grab a hold of you in our hearts and ask you to forgive us and to help, uh, help us become that person that you want us to be, to become that light that shares and, and compels. Use us, Lord God, is our prayer. Let this church become even a brighter light, a brighter reflection of your love, and let it draw people in. And to do that, we have to do it in ourselves. We don't ask to do this so that we can say, ha ha, look. No, we do this for your glory, Lord. For your glory and for your honor and for your praise. We ask that you would use us to be a brighter light to draw those to you. For your glory, for your honor, do we pray this today. And all of God's children say, Amen. Amen.
Well, it was one of the first times that Fred and I got together and a bunch of ladies. We sang this song never thinking that we'd use it today. Let's stand, and you can sing along with this one. I got the words there, but you know this song anyways. Let's let Fred uh, 